This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson here to tell you about my new podcast, TE1. On the show, I had a chance to talk to my fellow tight ends who have revolutionized the position from an extra lineman to a dual threat superstar. And just like my guests have changed the game, this year, NFLSundayTicket.tv is revolutionizing your NFL viewing experience. Stream all the live out-of-market NFL games every Sunday on your favorite devices and never miss a moment from your favorite players. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use the promo code GREG88 at checkout and get 15% off your subscription. That's NFLSundayTicket.tv and the promo code GREG88. Subscribe to TE1 and get NFLSundayTicket.tv an unmatched dual threat. What is up, hockey fans? This is the Golden Edge Podcast, the podcast where the Las Vegas Review Journal uh, actually doesn't talk about hockey. We talk about a lack of hockey. We're recording a special episode for you guys today because the Golden Knights, along with the other seven remaining NHL playoffs teams, decided not to play yesterday, as well as, of course, not play today. The NHL playoffs are going to resume on Saturday after the NHL players decided to kind of lay down the sticks and gloves as a sign of protest against uh, racial injustice police brutality, um, things like that, after the wake of the Kenosha, Wisconsin shooting of Jacob Blake by police. We're going to try to walk you guys through that decision today, what the player's thought process was. I understand, as per usual, when we've talked about issues such as this, including when Ryan Reeves, Robin Leonard, Tyler Sagan, and Jason Dickinson chose to kneel, that these are, you know, controversial topics. For you know, lack of a better word, they certainly, I think, can rile people up. But understand once again that we're going to try to, you know, just give you guys the facts in terms of what the players said, what the players are thinking, and ultimately where they hope to go from here. Uh, before we get into all that, I want to remind everyone that the Golden Edge Podcast is presented by Sunday Ticket, Deal Dash, and Favor Drink a Favor dot com. Also, check out all our work on this topic at ReviewJournal.com. Uh, of course, Ben Goats, one of your beat writers for Las Vegas Review Journal, have a story up on the website today. Our main story was done by my colleague on the other line, David Shane, and then our own Ed Grady columnist wrote a column just kind of going through how, you know, despite the fact that yesterday was certainly a historic day for the NHL, it came one day after a historic day in a lot of other sports leagues, and the NHL is kind of leading from behind uh, once again. So uh, with all that out of the way, um, Dave, good to talk to you about uh, all this uh, stuff again. Just, I mean, for you, what was your, I guess, reaction 
throughout yesterday as, you know, we saw playoff games being played Wednesday night after the NBA decided not to play. And then all of a sudden in uh, yesterday morning, Thursday, because we're recording this on Friday, just news slowly started to trickle out that something seemed to be up with the NHL. I mean, I might be a little bit in the minority on this, to be quite honest, but I think they handled it as well as they could. I, I mean, I I empathize a little bit with them in terms of they're getting to the rink. They're not quite aware of what's going on. They're they're being told probably this, that, and other things, and 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 I'm sure they'd like to make an informed decision. And that's really what this all comes down to. And and players have talked about this, you know, right from the start, that it's about listening and learning and educating themselves. And I'm kind of on the side of all this that they they took a moment. They assessed the situation and said, what's the right move for us going forward? And if that took them a little bit of extra time, you know, then then so be it, because I feel like they got it right. I feel like yesterday what we saw with those players walking into that room and standing in solidarity, the way that they did was an image that none of the other leagues have have produced. It's the most powerful image I think we've seen from you know, from this movement in terms of sports and athletes, you know, just the last couple of days and the NHL produced that and it took a little bit, but I think they got it right. Yeah. So to set the scene for everybody, what was kind of happening is yesterday morning, uh, once again, we're recording this on Friday. So we're talking about Thursday. I mean, I can speak to the two of us. We were basically on zoom waiting for the night's daily kind of morning media availability before what we thought would be, Game three of their second round series uh, with the Vancouver Canucks, which of course is tied 1-1. And, you know, I wasn't really expecting to ask any hockey questions because, of course, the national discourse uh, is not around sports right now. And sometimes that's okay. And we have to kind of, you know, let, let it be what it'll be. But then the Knights and the Canucks media availability got pushed back. It was pushed back indefinitely. Uh, then, you know, you started to hear rumblings from a lot of well-respected national reporters that, okay, there's some serious discussion among the NHL players still left in the bubble that they don't want to play today. And then we saw, I saw from Evander Kane first, who of course is co-head of the Hockey Diversity Alliance, as well as the San Jose Sharks forward, that the HDA had made a, a formal request to the NHL of, we don't think it's okay to play today. We think it's more important to kind of send the message that some things are bigger than sports and people need to take time to reflect today and then ultimately, um, you know, tomorrow, which is actually today, Friday, as we're recording this, you know, to reflect on these, you know, issues of racial inequality, racial injustice, and police brutality. And what we heard from Ryan Reeves, who was at uh, one of the five players that spoke at a Western Conference press conference yesterday, was that he was actually struggling with kind of his decision of what he was ultimately going to do on Thursday. He was thinking about, you know, saying he didn't want to play, but he was worried that, you know, a lot of his teammates might not feel the same. A lot of his teammates would end up playing the game anyway, and that he would then be kind of looked at as abandoning his team and obviously a very critical point of their season. And then he woke up and he got a text from uh, Kevin Shattenkirk, who is a Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman. So he was not even in the same bubble. He was in the opposite bubble. And of course, Kevin Shattenkirk is also a white player saying basically like, hey, 
there's a bunch of guys here in Toronto that want to talk to you and pick your brain about this. And then uh, Ryan Reese said the Canucks reached out to him and the Canucks were like, Hey, we want to talk to you about, you know, what your thoughts are on playing today. So the Knights and Canucks, Reeves went over to the Canucks and kind of talked to them and had a meeting and they ultimately decided that we don't feel comfortable playing today and we would prefer to postpone these games and kind of have the, the focus of the sporting world, certainly, on issues that go well beyond sports today. And so we learned that, that decision officially in the afternoon and by 3.30 that press conference was held which featured uh, Colorado Avalanche Center Nazem Kadri, who was a member of the HDA, uh, former Knight Center and current Colorado Avalanche Center Pierre Edward Belmar, uh, Reeves, uh, Dallas Star Center Jason Dickinson, who Knights fans may remember as one of the players who knelt alongside uh, Reeves and goaltender Robin Leonard before their round robin game, and then Vancouver Canucks captain Bull Horvat. And then, as you said, Dave, I think what was really uh, cool about that moment and certainly unexpected about that press conference is it started with those five guys walking in. And I think, you know, my initial reaction was okay. Makes sense that these are kind of the guys that are coming up here to address this decision. And then all of a sudden everyone else came in and you could see guys from all of the different teams kind of filing in to the background in support of their teammates. And there were several nice players that I saw in the background uh, supporting Reeves as he was talking about this issue. Uh, I believe my official account was, I think I got to uh, half, if not more than half of the expanded roster. I'm not going to name any names because there could have been plenty of guys that were also in the background that I couldn't see because it's not like the camera showed us the whole room, but the Knights definitely had a very, very good representation of their players there in support of Reeves. Uh, and as Reeves talked about Dave, that was really important because it wasn't just, the players of color in the bubble that were addressing this issue. There were a bunch of white players in the background that were saying, we also support this move. Yeah. And I think, you know, to Reeves words, that was the most powerful part of this. This is, you know, let's be frank, let's be honest here. This is not the NBA. Uh, this is a majority white league. I think I saw a stat 97%. Obviously, it's a different issue in terms of you have foreign-born players and European-born players. But to be quite frank, this is an issue that's a global issue. So it affects everybody. And, and I think once they took the time and, and, and thought and discussed and said, this is our best course of action, you know, it, it made a powerful statement that it was coming from those players. And, and Ryan Reeves said that, and, you know, to be fair, I do, I do want to go back because, you know, I said something off the top about how I think they got it right. And, and I'm going to stand by that, but I do think what's fair to criticize in terms of the NHL on Wednesday is, is how they handled things before those games and, and in the buildup. And, and what I think has started to become clear. And I, I think, you know, we in the media have done, a good job of explaining this. This is a player driven thing. This is not the league shutting down. This is not the NHL doing that. The NHL didn't feel like it was its, I guess, responsibility. And we can argue whether, you know, the league should or shouldn't step in in that regard, but, but they kind of left it, you know, to the players. But I think what, what the league can be criticized for, especially on Wednesday was 27 seconds before the Eastern conference game, 
dedicated to Jacob Blake and an announcement to end racism and then nothing in the Western conference game that evening before the Dallas Colorado game. So, you know, part of the discourse here and, and the, the difficult part of the, the discussion is the NHL's, you know, kind of what's the word I'm struggling for it. Um, hesitance to, to kind of dive into this, just not so much as a league, but, but as a hockey culture, you know, feeling like this isn't our place, I guess. And for them to step up and say, you know, this issue affects us and we are not going to stand by anymore. We're going to do something again. I, I, I do. I feel like that was a powerful, a powerful statement. Yeah. And I think another place where criticism can be levied. And once again, we are trying to approach this from, you know, a neutral point of view as possible. We're just trying to explain what happened in the context surrounding what happened yesterday is I think the NHL showed to the delight of some people and the anger of a lot of uh, other fans is that it seemed to be more willing to take on these issues, you know, when they first got to the bubbles. I mean, we saw the NHL kind of brag about, and certainly uh, Kim Davis, one of their executives, when I talked to her following the Ryan Reeves, Robin Leonard, Jason Dickinson, Tyler Sagan, Decision Anil, was proud that at the start of the bubble, their players were being more vocal on these issues. We saw a lot of, you know, tweets, social media posts, not only from teams, but individual players and specifically individual white players uh, like Winnipeg Jets captain Blake Wheeler and Sagan, who went to a Black Lives Matter protest, that, you know, they were willing to kind of step up and no longer be silent and no longer kind of be constrained by hockey culture, which typically is a lot about uh, conformity, unity, team spirit, all that stuff, and not necessarily one individual kind of stepping out into the spotlight. And it appeared that that was changing because we saw. Matt Dumba kneel before the Chicago Blackhawks and Edmonton Oilers game after delivering a really heartfelt speech about the Hockey Diversity Alliance's mission and why, you know, combating racism and some of the long-held biases that are kind of present in hockey is important. And then, like I said, we saw the anthem demonstration between the Night Stars game. So it really seemed like, okay, you know, the NHL certainly isn't at a place where it's kind of as outspoken as the NBA, the WNBA, you know, even Major League Soccer to an extent. Uh, the National Women's Soccer League, too, uh, certainly has probably been more outspoken on these issues. But it was you know, moving in that direction. It was moving to be more vocal. And like I said, people can agree or disagree with that, but that certainly was the direction things were heading. And then Wednesday certainly seemed to be you know, a different step, or at least a step back, if that was kind of the track that they were on where all of a sudden, for the most part, as you said, Dave, they were either, either just silent about it because they played nothing before the Stars and Avalanche played Wednesday night, or they were kind of very performative in addressing it where they had that brief uh, moment of remembrance uh, before the Tampa Bay Lightning played the Boston Bruins in which, in which they literally, at one point, uh, wished Jacob Blake and his family well, which I think if you you know are pro- a lot of these, uh, you know, anti-racism issues, you know, that's not cutting it, uh, to put it quite frankly. So it's interesting to then see, you know, kind of players take the reins and say, no, we still think we can be different and we are going to think differently on Thursday. Yeah. And again, I guess I go back to what I said off the top is, you know, 
so I, I'll tell this story. So somebody called right before we got on the podcast and we were talking about this and, and, and she lives in DC and, and she's, you know, very big into hockey, very big into these issues and, and things like that. And, she, you know, the, the phrase that she used was, you know, we, we need to shut up and listen. And, and that's kind of what a lot of this was and, and is, is educating ourselves as, you know, people who don't walk in the shoes, you know, of minorities that don't experience, you know, the brutality from police and, and racism walking into a Starbucks and having everybody look at them. You know, we don't, we don't relate to that, but we need to shut up and listen. And I think, you know, what you're talking about, yes, we can criticize the NHL for, for what it did on Wednesday, but I think a lot of that was them as players wanting to get it right. And not wanting to be rash and not wanting to say, oh, we've seen something on social media. Let's just instantly react to it. Let's make sure that our reaction to it is appropriate and proper and makes an impact and is lasting. Because I think everybody understands right now, whether it's the NBA, WNBA, uh, you know, NHL, Major League Baseball, everybody has a platform right now that's different than it's ever been. And so with all eyes on them, I think that's what a lot of that was about. It was just taking their time and making sure that they assess the situation and they do what they felt was correct. And from that standpoint, that's where I say, I think they got it right. I'm not going to say whether, you know, politically and all this, I think they should get involved. I, I'm neutral as far as that, but in terms of their response to it, in terms of just not reacting right away on Wednesday, I actually agree with them. Right. And before we move on to one last topic on this special edition of the Golden Edge podcast, I want to hear real quick from Ryan Reeves. Uh, you know, I think I think if you look around this room, um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of white athletes in here. And I think that's the statement that's being made right now. Um, you know, it's great that the NBA did this and then I'll be in the WNBA. You know, they have a lot of black players in those leagues. But for you know, all these athletes in here, to take a stand and say, you know what, we, we see the problem too, and we stand behind you. You know, I go to war with these guys, and I, I hate their guts on ice, but I couldn't be more proud of these guys. It's, uh, you know, the statement that they've made today is, is something that's going to last. You know, these two days isn't going isn't gonna to fix anything, but um, the conversation and the, and the statement that's been made is very powerful, especially coming from, uh, from this league. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. Have you ever heard of DealDash.com? It's the best bidding site where you can win things you'd never expect at a price you'd never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, and even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and only goes up one cent every time you bid. 
The kicker is that the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds. That means every time you bid, everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item is yours. If you go ahead and buy now, DealDash is offering our listeners an extra 100 free bids upon sign-up on top of their other discounts. Go to DealDash.com and use the offer code EDGE or DealDash.fm backslash EDGE. That's D-E-A-L-D-A-S-H dot F-M backslash edge. All right. So one last uh, thing I want to address with this in terms of the you know major story that the NHL decided to join the NBA, WNBA, and some Major League Baseball and Major League Soccer teams in terms of uh, not playing games because its players want to uh, protest racial injustice, racial inequality, and police brutality. Uh, is just where this goes from here. I mean, we heard from a lot of players yesterday that they just, you know, they understand that it's important to, you know, take a breather right now, to take a break from hockey and sports, and to, as you said, Dave, have people, you know, reflect and educate themselves. I know for me personally, that means I probably should queue up um, some documentaries today, including uh, 13th, which is a Netflix documentary, which I've been meaning to get to. And I now can because I have a little bit more free time today. Um, but I'm curious, you know, what actions are going to stem from this? We heard from a lot of players, you know, saying, we know that this can't just be words right now. And Ryan Reeves said, you know, it's a little bit hard for us to do a lot of stuff because we're confined to a bubble and we will still be confined to a bubble, you know, for a little bit after this. But I think a lot of people are now going to have their eyes on them to see what actions they are taking. And we talked about the Hockey Diversity Alliance, the HDA. They kind of had a, I would say, relatively vague action plan uh, that they put out yesterday, which involves things like, you know, hopefully getting the NHL to sign a pledge that would, you know, dedicate the league towards anti-racism education. I would dedicate toward grassroots hockey programs. It would dedicate toward rule changes to make the kind of culture of hockey more inclusive, among other things. Um, but that stuff is still being worked out specifically behind the scenes. And when uh, I asked Nazem Kadri, who's a member of the HDA, HDA, make sure that's clear, about it yesterday, he said he couldn't really dive into uh, specifics. But I guess for you, Dave, and you asked, actually, I thought a really interesting question to Knights coach Pete DeBoer about this. What kind of steps are you looking for kind of from both players and coaches as the sport, hockey in general, tries to move forward from this? Well, I first want to start actually with what I thought was a little bit the one element discouraging from what they said, and and I wish they were a little more optimistic. And a couple of them mentioned that they knew that these two days weren't going to change things. And like I understand what they're saying, but you know what? These two days are huge. And these two days are impactful. And whether you think they were late or should have done things earlier, all of the all of the above, they made an impactful statement that resonated throughout North America, throughout Europe, anybody that follows hockey. So I, I kind of wish as players that they wouldn't have kind of discounted what they did a little bit and, and understand that this can affect change in and yeah, we're not going to snap our fingers and everything's going to be different, but this is part of it. And, and I wish that they would have 
maybe puffed their not puffed their chest out a little bit, but understood that that this is actually, you know, going to make an impact and and can affect change. Now, whether that short term things like, you know, arenas being used for polling places, I think we've seen that um, with the Coyotes already, and and mentioning that that Gila River Arena, um, that they're working to do that. Uh, we might see that around the league. I know that was a, I believe, an issue with the NBA players that they had wanted to push the owners to you know, have those arenas as polling places. We, you know, those, those types of things I'm, I'm sure we'll, we'll see They're They're probably working behind the scenes and, and we'll come out. I know, like you mentioned, those are the issues I think Nazem Kadri, you know, can't necessarily talk about publicly, but, you know, are high on the list of, of priorities, but, you know, the, the bigger thing. And I, and I think maybe what we can address, you know, right now and, and all of this, is is sort of the hockey culture and, and the racism within hockey culture and how do we change that? And and I know that's something that Ryan Rees has talked about in terms of, you know, increasing diversity within the sport and exposing it to, you know, younger players who who don't necessarily have a chance to pick up a stick at a young age. It's expensive and and getting into to different communities and growing the game that way. I think about things, you know, part of part of my question to Pete DeBoer and what I had kind of thought about was, you know, these coaches, they do clinics and they talk to these kids and they can talk to coaches and they can change the culture. It, things a matter of, look, when, when you chirp somebody, your default isn't a racial epitaph. Get that out of you. Simple as that. You know, that's maybe the first step. Get that out of the hockey culture. Get that away from the fan base that we hear, you know those basketball things like we had talked about in a previous podcast that, you know, I think it was Devonte Pelly Smith in Chicago had targeted him. Uh, you know, maybe that's the first thing, root that out, go from there. But, but maybe that's the first step within the hockey culture that, that needs to change. And, and maybe everybody's looking in the mirror, I think from all of this and they're, and they're hearing what guys like Ryan Reeves are saying, what, what other, you know, minority players, what, you know, a coach like in Vancouver, like Manny Malhotra, you know, listening to them and, and hearing what they have to say and, and saying, you know what, if this is something that I've done and it's a part of me that, that I need to change and, and it needs to be different going forward. Absolutely. And we'll see what kind of changes will ultimately come. As I said, the HDA, as a pledge, it wants the NHL to sign so it can address a lot of kind of its goals and its missions, which include a lot of stuff that Davis talked about, which is the cost of equipment is a huge issue in terms of, you know, only appealing really to, you know, upper middle class or upper class people being able to play, you know, hockey and afford it uh, from a very young age, as well as numerous other issues in terms of the culture of the sport. Uh, I should mention the NHL is also forming a lot of committees uh, that are designed to address a lot of these issues as well. They have one that's focused on kind of lower levels. They have one that's kind of focused on uh, the culture aspect of hockey. Um, and ultimately they're gonna have an executive council that's going to try to create you know, actionable items out of a lot of kind of recommendations that these lower committees give them. Now the NHL still hasn't actually you know, told us who's going to be on this committee. Maybe that's something they are saving for after the postseason because they don't want to uh, distract from what was the postseason when it was happening. But it would be very interesting to see if they choose to release that soon, given all that's happening. Um, we've also heard from a number of people like so the HDA and then even Kevin Weeks, 
uh, Dave, when you talked to him a couple of weeks ago, that would like to see, you know, just specific rule changes in the sport in terms of if you other things like a racial epithet, whether you're a player or even a fan, that you're out of the building and that's that. And if you're a player, you get fined and or suspended or both. Or even if you're a coach, I mean, we've kind of had this come up back in the fall in November when Calgary coach Bill Peters was accused of using a racial slur towards Akeem Alou uh, about a decade ago in the American Hockey League. Uh, and technically, Bill Peters, though he is no longer coaching the Calgary Flames, and I believe he is currently coaching in the KHL, uh, technically hasn't been punished by the league yet. Now, obviously, it's somewhat of a moot point because, like I said, he's not coaching in the NHL, so suspending him for whatever period of time really isn't going to affect him. But it still could be a statement saying that the league isn't going to stand for this, and that's something we haven't seen from the league either. So it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Uh, once again, I hope everyone uh, at least found this discussion insightful or, you know, as insightful as it could be for two, obviously, non-people of color discussing these obviously very hot-button issues that really, you know, strike a nerve with a lot of people. And they should because these are important talk topics to talk about, to discuss, and hopefully to learn from. Like I said, I think we can all uh, grow as people by trying to understand other perspectives and trying to get a handle on what other people are feeling, are feeling and have empathy for that. Uh, so with that in mind, before we head out, we're going to go back to Edmonton and hear one last time from Ryan Reeves. Um, you know, I think it was just what I said. I, I think the message coming from a predominantly white league has a lot bigger impact, not bigger impact, but it has a very strong impact when it's coming from players like this. You know, most of these guys have never lived through some of the stuff that black athletes have. You know, uh, they don't go through those those day to day things that they feel that racism. Or they, they they've seen the racism, racism, or their family's gone through it. But for them to say, "Look, we see what's going on in society," and we we disagree with it, and something has to change right now. That, that was my message, and I think I, I, you know, I said that standing together here is, it's just, it's just, it's more powerful than anything you can do. We're in a bubble. There's nothing you can do outside the bubble right now, and we can't change anything because we're stuck in here. But together in here right now, that's that's what we can do. Uh, once again, that was Ryan Reeves one last time addressing the NHL players' decision to not play games Thursday or Friday as a sign of protest, which is a sign that has been done by the NBA, the WNBA, and some Major League Baseball and Major League Soccer teams um, to protest against uh, racial injustice, racial inequality, and police brutality because of the Jacob Blake shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Uh, this was a special edition of the Golden Edge podcast. As a reminder, we are presented by Sunday Ticket, Deal Dash, and Favor, drinkafavor.com. Also, read all our coverage on this topic at reviewjournal.com and rate, review, subscribe. Wherever you do the podcast, please do to this podcast. For David Chain, I'm Ben Ghost. Talk to you guys again real soon. They say a healthy gut means a healthy you. 
Favor apple cider vinegar shots. Bottle this feeling into the convenience of a two ounce shot. Better digestion, stronger immune system, and the lowering of blood sugar levels are just some of the benefits to shooting a daily Favor shot. Their proprietary blends are raw and organic and mixed with other functional ingredients to create a better tasting experience. First time shooters can go to drinkafavor.com. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Metrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.